everybody to the Kingdom REI podcast. New name, new face, but really the same mission to help kingdom-minded investors and entrepreneurs really advance God's kingdom and experience exponential success in their life and their business. So I'm so pumped to have our guest on this show today. And the reason I'm excited to have him here is because he's not just a successful and accomplished real estate investor, but he is also successful and accomplished entrepreneur. And I love getting to speak with guys who uh, can think and talk and chat and even give ideas about not just how to grow kind of our real estate business and investing, but really understands how to operate and grow a business as well. And so without further ado, let me uh, introduce to you guys, Tom Olson. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks else for having me. I appreciate your, your time and letting me invest in your audience. Absolutely, man. Well, so let me, I'll, I'll tell our audience a little bit about you and then love for you to just kind of uh, give us a little bit what's happening in your world right now. So Tom's the uh, owner, president of the Olson Group Network and the Good Success Mastermind and Podcasts. Uh, they have a real estate company up in Northwest Indiana, and then he also operates the uh, Good Success Mastermind for what I would call, and I think you would call this too, purpose-driven entrepreneurs and business owners. Uh, and I think a lot of investors are in that as well. And so um, excited to have you here, man. Tell, tell us a little bit what's happening in your world right now. What, what are you really working on in 2020? Well, it, I think just surviving Corona, right? <laughs> We're just trying to stay away from the Corona, right? Um, uh, trying to like, I'm actually taking my family next week to one of the, uh, one of, there's only three no mask states in the uh, country and one of them, South Dakota. And I love the governor there. So we're going there to spend the week and uh, my kids have never seen Mount Rushmore and I haven't either. So we're going to spend a week doing that. Um, so we're doing really well. We've got about 19 houses, um, that we are looking to close here in the next, uh, six weeks or so. Um, and we are always buying, always selling, always offering lending opportunities to our investors and always um, doing that on that side, a property management company that does run and manage and what I say steward those properties for our owners. And then on the good success side, you know, um, I have been part of masterminds for about the last 10 years. Uh, and I can tell you for me, uh, being, being in a mastermind, it was probably, if you, if you said, Tom, what was the one pivot point to where, um, you know, you were 10 years ago to, to being where you are now to me, it, the one pivot point is masterminds. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really like, um, and, and, I, and I was in, I was in several, I was in up to six at a time, which I think is probably too much in hindsight. <laughs> um, right now, I'm still in three, possibly you could say another one's a, a fourth one, but it's kind of more of like a, a group that we just get together every so often and travel and go to um, really cool places, uh, you know, around the world. It's really fun to, you know, to kind of collaborate in a small group like that with people. Um, but, you know, you know, doing all of that, you know, I, I, I was, I was part of all these secular masterminds and um, they all seemed like they had one thing in common. They started humble and they started where like some of the core people were Christian. Some of the core people would bring out principles in the Bible, but really like as they grew, it seemed like that really lost. It really lost that, that culture. And it really lost what really kind of like, you know, stuck me to them to begin with, because I believe that we were all created for a purpose and that purpose has nothing to do with us. <laughs> um, that purpose has to do with somebody else and, and how we can help somebody else. I love the Bible verse, working with your hands, the thing which is good, so you can have to give to those in need. That's the whole purpose that we have money. You know, Jesus, I believe, was actually maybe not a wealthy, what we would call wealthy, rich person, but he definitely had money. There's, there's no way you'd have a treasure 
uh, um, as have, have hit him and his 12 disciples if they didn't have money. There was no reason why Jesus would be known as the carpenter of Nazareth if he wasn't known as, in, you know, in his business. Um, so really, it's interesting to me, like the Bible talks a lot about business owners um, it talks about Job. Uh, really, the first, uh, many of the, of the beginning of the Bible talks about the blessed life with Abraham, and Abraham was one of the richest men that ever lived. Job was maybe one of the richest men that ever lived. Um, David um, had, had, had lots of means, obviously, and Solomon. And I even believe Jesus was a businessman. He wasn't really a pastor, um, although he was. He, he definitely was, you know, obviously the highest of high priests. Uh, but, but and, you know, in his life, um, he, he left us many hints and many clues. And, you know, when I think about business, and, and so right now I, I have the Good Success Mastermind. Like you said, I also have a local mastermind, which is kind of a smaller version, a one day a month version of the national mastermind. Then we have a virtual mastermind as well. But I'm also doing um, individual business consulting, which I'm really excited about because, you know, I've kind of looked at the Bible. And I think you know, all wisdom comes from there. And if, if we as real Christian kingdom entrepreneurs, you know, if we want to study all the other secular books out there, we want to study, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich. We want to study all of the ways that, that the world says we can make money. It's great. And we're going to learn some little processes and we're going to learn some little things and some statements and some cool things to say. But at the end of the day, if they're not biblical, if they're not, if they don't, you can't tie them back to what God says, like, for me, it doesn't matter. And also for me, I'll tell you, like, I don't have to be something great. And I'm not something great. I'm, I'm not a billionaire. I do have a dream to, to give away a billion dollars. Um, that is one of my big goals in my life is to give away a billion dollars. And the other one is to flip the city of Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. But like, I am nothing great. I am just, I'm just a conduit. I'm just a conduit of God's grace and God's blessing to a dying world that's so desperately in need of a savior. And, you know, everything in my life changed when I realized it wasn't my pastor's job. It wasn't my teacher's job, my, uh, the missionary's job to get the gospel around the world. It was my job. It is the great commission. And that's really what we were here placed on this earth to do. So you have a part in that. We are all a body. We're all part of a body. Um, and some of us are the feet. Some of us are the rear end. Some of us are the head. Some of us are the arms. Um, and for me, I believe the Christian business owner in that part of getting the gospel around the world is the Coscom so to speak, when you, when, if, you know, if that's a military term, which basically says it's the people that get the materials, that get the food to the front lines, that's who we are. Um, and understanding um, that the very first commandment in the Bible, um, you know, I, I, I ask people this all the time, what's the first commandment in the Bible? Not what's the first commandment of the 10 commandments, but what was the first commandment that God gave us? It was to Adam and Eve. And he, what did he say? He said, be fruitful and multiply. And that's a charge. That is a, that is not a, an option. That is what we were commanded to do and be fruitful and multiply, I think is yes, obviously with procreation and creating a family unit with that, but it's also in everything that he's given us. God gave Adam dominion over the entire earth. He gave Adam dominion over everything, the sheep and the fields. And and he he even said, you can name them. Um, And, you know, so it's so interesting to me. I, I kind of look at business like um, and like like this there's seven levels of business and i think a lot of people are teaching and they're getting taught from um from all of them at the same time 
They don't know what order they're in and they have no idea what phase of business they're actually in. And until you figure out what phase of business you're in, you might be um, literally in a startup phase, but you're putting things in your business that you don't really need yet. Um, and they will actually hurt you if you put them in out of order. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, if I want to put the roof on my house before I put the foundation in, you know, it's, it's not going to work. Right. You know, and you might have a really pretty house for, for a, a pretty, a, a short period of time. But I see all these, these gurus out there right now teaching how to have like marketing success. And you guys haven't even set up an LLC. I mean, you have no idea what a financial structure looks like. You have no idea what cash flow you know, balance looks like. You have no idea what your balance sheet is. You don't, you don't even know enough about a business to even say you have a business, yet you have a really pretty roof on your business because you know how to you know, do marketing. Um, so, you know, so the way I look at business and I, and I, I go right back to the way God created the, you know, the earth. Um, I think the very first phase of business is the idea stage. And if you go back to Genesis one, one in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, guess what? Like the earth actually wasn't formed yet. Where did he create it? That was an idea. It was, it was, he created it in, her, in, our, in his head and he created it in his, you know, infinite wisdom. And that's what we're supposed to do. If we're going to create a business, if we're going to create something, that's kind of that first step, that stage of idea. It's kind of like, and he, you know, the Bible also says, says he created light and darkness. He separated light from darkness. That's, that's, that's that thinking stage, you know, huh, how am I going to do this? You know, like this is, I have a wonderful idea. I'm going to go help people with whatever it is. I'm going to do turnkey rentals. I, I, I know real estate. I'm going to um, be a developer. I'm going to um, do a syndication. You know, you kind of have this idea and then you kind of have to start separating the do's from the don'ts, what's going to fit, what's not going to fit. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like God creating heaven and the earth. The second stage of business, I think, is the hobby stage. Um, and this is where in real estate, I can define this really well. You know, guys I see doing real estate, they can pretty much do about four deals a year. And I'm talking about single family. I'm not talking about big multifamily deals. Most of the guys that are doing hobby, big multifamily deals are lucky to do one or two every two years. Um, but if you're doing single family homes, you know, you can do about four deals a year uh, on the side, like you're working a full-time job and you kind of have this hobby. And I actually love having a hobby that's going to help, you know, you know, propel you forward in the future. I had a hobby when I was eight, 19 years old, I started my first side business and I said, I'm going to learn this business thing on the side first. And, and I think it's actually a really good plan. I think people that just jump right into the deep end sometimes, you know, they, 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 they really do get in over their head. And sometimes it's the best thing for people. I get it. But like, if you need to learn these stages in order and be willing to admit where you're at. So you have that hobby stage. This is kind of proof of concept. You know, if you're going to fix and flip a house, okay, you get actually do one and you see if it works and you probably lose money in your first house, but then you're like, wow, I learned $30,000 worth of my mistakes. And maybe that second one, you actually make some money on that deal. Um, this is kind of when you kind of learn how to structure a financial bank account, you know, for your business. You know, a, a lot of, I was just talking to a, a, one of my um, contractors actually used to be an employee of mine. And some of our employees a year, a couple of years back, we decided, hey, why don't we make you subcontractors? You're going to make more money. It's going to be better for us. We don't have the overhead and it really works out better for both of us. Um, and I was telling him, I was showing him how like he needs to have his own separate bank account. He needs to know how, know what can flow through that money or, or what money can flow through his business bank account and, and, how, and how to really save on taxes. And there's a lot of things that you can learn in this real early stage of hobby if you will take the time to learn it. 
This is kind of when you talk to an accountant or an attorney, you know, and you say, what kind of structure should I, what kind of business should I be? An LLC, an LLC taxes, a sole proprietor, S Corp, C Corp. Now like C Corp actually has come back in play. Um, understanding what all those mean and what, what benefits and how you have to run your business financially in the future if you're going to choose those different environments. You know, the Bible kind of brings it to the firmament, the sky. The, so you're basically creating your environment in which you're going to be able to go forward with. The next phase, I think, is the full-on startup phase. So, you know, and I've seen this with a lot of people in real estate. They go from four, and then now they're doing 10 or 12 deals a year. And that's the stage where, like, a four, you, you can make enough money doing those 10 to 12 deals a year, where if it's just you, you're a solopreneur, you don't have a business yet, just so you guys know, but you make enough money where you can survive. Um, and you probably make more money than you were ma making as an employee for somebody else. I mean, let's just face it. Let's just be honest. So you can make, you can make a really good living um, just doing that. And, and, and that's fine. You can, you can move on to, to the next two stages. Interesting though, Mo, let me interrupt you real quick. Most, sure. I, you, you said the comment though, which is why I'm excited to hear four, five, six, seven and get past this because what I see happening, a lot of people stay in that startup where they, yes, they've replaced their salary. But that's really it. Like yep. we can't quite break through that ceiling of, okay, I'm not working for anybody else anymore, but I could probably go make some more. I could probably make more if I just went and had my, you know, executive sales job or whatever it is. So um, I just see that happening. We've replaced our job. Really, we've just kind of replaced our W-2 with another. That yep. really we're not even free to get out of either. So really looking forward to hearing what these next these next phases are. I'm glad you brought that up because you're exactly right. And that's, that's, that's what those next stages are because, you know, um, you know, I kind of, I think a great book that, that shows you what you should try to get to is E-Myth. You know, it really kind of shows like, this is what a real business looks like. A real business runs without you and a real business doesn't just run without you. It actually grows without you because you've put things in place um, that, that make that happen. But the problem is, is that I see so many entrepreneurs go out there and they read the book E-Myth or they read the book Traction or they read the book Scaling Up and they don't realize they need fundamental, you know, business sense and business acumen that they never got. You have to go through this idea phase. So many people, I mean, I know so many people that have like, they haven't even really clearly figured out what they're doing and they are running like a business with 20 employees. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? You don't even have a clue of what you're really doing or what you're really focused on. So, and that's why it's important to spend time thinking through those, you know, after you've gone through these phases, like me, for instance, I've gone through these phases several times. I own seven businesses now. Um, and, you know, for me, I can probably pretty much go to startup phase pretty quickly because I know what it takes. I know what the idea I need to have. I know that I can get through that proof of concept pretty quickly. And startup phase is very important because if you don't have predetermined amount of time and a predetermined amount of money and predetermined amount of goals, you have no idea if you're ever going to get out of startup phase. Um, and, and that's what I really think. It's number one, it takes a full-time focus. Um, if you go back to the, you know, creation, the story of creation, it's dry land, it's, it's grass, it's herbs, it's fruit trees. You know, you, you, you're creating this environment um, and you're being able to sustain yourself, right? But that's it. And just like you said, you're, you've got to that point where that startup, like, honestly, most startups, like, 
you know, they might start paying themselves a salary. They might not. They might, a lot of startups I know have to invest money and they're waiting for a year before they can even start paying their, their owner a salary. Um, and, and that's just all in at, at this point, but you've got to know how much money you've invested or how much money you've borrowed from somebody. You have to have a predetermined amount of time and you have to have predetermined amount of goals. And for me, the goal is like, I want to within a year or two years, normally most startup phases, I think should be between a year and two years. And they should have a goal between the year and two years that they are self-sustaining. Does that make sense? At that point, they're paying all the overhead. They're not necessarily profitable at this point, but they're self-sustaining and they're able to survive. Um, the next stage, which is where most people get stuck, um, you know, uh, you know, they, they talk a lot about, about business failure and the first 50% of businesses fail in startup phase, just so you guys know. In those first two years, though, you know, for, you know, I think it's 20% in the first year, 30% in the second year. Those first two years, 50% of businesses fail in startup phase because a lot of times they don't have no idea where they're going. They have no idea what that direction is. They haven't set up those predetermined goals. And when you say too, like I think a lot of times I see in startup phase, like the most important activity really is sales. I mean, and then we try and add all these other components where we in order to really get the self-sustaining piece, you got to have a sales process, a sales system. You got to be making sales. A lot of times we get caught up in other activities that really don't matter because they're not really driving revenue to the business. Well, I, in a way I agree, but in a way that's the next phase. So, the, okay. so I think that your operations should be really good. You know, you better make it, you got to make sure that you don't only have proof of concept, but you, when you actually are selling, whatever you are selling, you have to make sure that you have happy customers in this phase. This is one, one of the reasons why I think there's a big failure rate because their customers really aren't happy. You're talking um, about in startup. Right, in startup. Now, the next phase is pre-profit. And pre-profit, you're exactly right. Like if you're going to go from startup to profit, which is the goal, right? I mean, you want to have profit. Uh, we, you know, that's the whole reason to have businesses right. to have profit so you can work to have to give so you can be the conduit, not a bucket so you can have freedom, you can have the things that God's, you know, created you to have, but also be able to uh, bless other people with it. Um, but you know, you have to then put light on your business and you have to create these other lights. You have to create sun, moon, and stars, which is kind of what, you know, day four is of creation. But this is where you have an accountability chart. This is where you know where accountability is. This is you have sales process. You have a meeting pulse. Um, you actually start writing your processes on paper. You put scorecards in your business. You have a sales process. You really go over the SWAT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats often. And you really kind of start, you know, diving deeper in because you start to shine light on other parts of your business that you never really thought about. You, it was just all about the product when, when you first started. And in that pre-profit stage, this is when another 50% of businesses fail, you know, in the beginning stages of pre-profit. And most people, they don't even know where they're at. They think just because they're paying themselves a salary, or like you said at the beginning, they're made enough money to replace their income, but they don't really have a business yet. They're really a solopreneur or they have a small team um, and they've never really figured out where those, where those benchmarks in their business where they can do this much volume and this is the, the real profit. I'll give you a great example in real estate, for instance, I have figured out from my own errors and from looking at many different um, books from other different companies. And I have actually have a guy um, that's writing profit first for real estate investors who's speaking at my next boot camp here uh, in mastermind in November. Um, that's good. That basically has, has, has confirmed 100%. This is, this is the numbers. You can squeeze the most profit in the hobby phase at four houses a year for adding four rentals, 
adding four, you know, doing four fix and flips as a hobby phase. Startup phase is 10 to 12. You're going to squeeze the most out with the smallest amount of people. In this next phase, pre-profit, it's 40. So if you can get to 40 deals, you can be, you can actually get to profitability with a small team doing 40 deals a year and actually even stay out, get out of the business. If you really want to, if you want to stay small and not really get to that point where your business is going to give you like enough um, of extra income in order to be able to kind of really walk away. For clarity, um, for clarity's sake, 40 deals. Well, we're talking about fixing flips here and we're yeah, talking- Yeah, fixing flips, adding 40 rentals. Like, it, obviously, they kind of have different paths to success um, and they take different focus. Like, you're not going to be able to do 40 deals by yourself. Um, maybe a wholesaler could. Um, I don't really think wholesaling is really investing. It's kind of just trading and it is what it is, but you can do it and you can make good money doing it. Um, but, but like, I, 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 it's, it's just- you have to know what to put in your business and what, what do I need to put in my business at mm -hmm. the different phases I'm in. And most of us don't even realize where we're at. Um, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because we can go up a stage and down a stage and, and like this year, I think this year has been a, a year where a lot of people went from profitable back to this pre-profit endurance stage where, where we, we know what it takes um, and, and we know what we're, what we need to do, but like our hands have been kind of tied for, you know, for, for some of the things. That next, and, and really like, so it's, it's interesting because 50% of people fail, you know, in this pre-profit stage. And then before they really get to profitable or the people that get to profitable kind of slide back and they can't figure it out, another 70% of businesses fail again in these, in this, like, in this um, stage to get to profitability. So stage number five is profit. And I think there has to be a definition of what real profit means in a business. Now you can make money on a deal. Don't Time out real quick. Wrong. I just had to point this out. It's so funny. You said 50%, we lost 50 and now we just lost 70. I mean, well, actually, no, you've lost 50 and then 50 again, <laughs> and then another 70. So like really, and it's so funny, like what I've learned in this year of entrepreneurship, like literally maybe now that you're saying these numbers, 90% of the game right now is just like survival not giving up, man. Like yes. I, it's perseverance. <laughs> and I've so experienced that. Like how many times have I been laying, you know, on the ground behind me and my like praying like, God, what do I do? Like, where do we go? Right? Like what's next? And that's so true. If anybody's early in their, you know, career as an entrepreneur or business owner, like, listen, you, you can beat most businesses by just, surviving longer than probably two years right and so just i just think that's such a good word for i mean i'm, I'm always saying that like what'd you learn this year man perseverance don't give up like pivot and perseverance are like my two words right so i, I just think that's such a uh, those numbers really bring that out it's interesting you bring that up i, I have a, a word for myself every year um, and this year, my word was trust. I wanted to learn to trust God more. And I didn't know COVID was going to happen, uh, but it's definitely made. And I, I always pick these words because I think it's going to be a good thing and I'm going to, you know, get closer to God. And, and, they, and they, they always draw me closer to him. Um, and they always help me really figure out what's really important in life. Um, but, but, but I had no, but, but COVID happens this year and it's really been a trust game. It's really, it's, and actually last year, my, my word was joy. And it's almost kind of like, I haven't really, I learned what joy was last year. I'm kind of the hard way, which what most of us have to learn joy, the hard way. God, you know, Jesus said that he, um, he went to, he went to the cross and like through the cross is where he found joy. It's like, it's just mind boggling that a lot of times we have to go through those hard times in order to really find out what joy looks like on the other side. Mm -hmm. But then trust in, especially in a year like this year where, 
there has been times where our hands are literally tied for what we do. We, and, and it's so, but to me, I've been trying to encourage our community to just get up every morning, do the work, stay involved. You know, you know I feel like this year I've been working three times the amount of time for, th- you know, one third the amount of pay, but these are the perseverance years and those endurance years. I, I use the word endurance, perseverance, you know, similar uh, words there in that pre-profit stage. Um, but now we're at, at profit, okay? Um, and in order to be profitable, I think that a lot of people think they're profitable just because maybe they're paying themselves a salary and they're making money. Like, you know, their business is making money on top of that. And I think that, I think it needs to be defined a little bit more clearly. For me, you know, profitability has to have three things. Number one, the initial investment that got put into the business needs to be paid back. You know, so if, if somebody invested in you, then you need to pay back that debt. If you put money, like, you know, when I built these businesses four or five years ago, I invested $300,000 of my own money into these businesses. Some of these businesses I've been paid back. Some of them I haven't been. So some of these, I would say, even though I'm making money, even though I'm collecting a salary, I'm still not though that business. I haven't, I don't believe it's gotten to that profitability stage yet in, in this life cycle. So number one, paying back the original investment of time and money. Now that also might mean that you as an entrepreneur had to work a whole year and didn't get paid. Well, guess what? You should get paid back for that time that you invested in your business of how much money you would have had to pay somebody else to do that for your business. Um, and I think that when, when small businesses start really thinking of their business like business, big businesses do, which is this is how big businesses think about business. If they have a CEO, they're paying that person millions of dollars to run that business. I'm not saying that all small businesses take a million dollar CEO, but what I'm saying is like a lot of times you should have been, have been paying yourself six figures when, when you probably didn't take a salary at all. So know, know that you need to pay back yourself. The owners need to be getting paid the value that they bring to the business. That's the second part of that, of, of, of am, I, am I profitable or not? And then number three, I think that the third way I define uh, a profitable business is, are we making money quarter over quarter? So it's one thing to make money, you know, throughout the year. It's another thing to like understand your cycle around the year. And you know, even for us, there's some months we make more money than other years. And we know that we, we've tracked this through, you know, for years and we know that there's going to be some, you know, months we make more than others, but I want to be consistent with this. I want to have that consistent profitability where we're making money after the owner's been paid back and after the owner is getting paid the salary that he brings the value to that business and he'd have to hire somebody else in order to bring that value to the business. Um, and, you know, that third part, which I think is very important, are you making money quarter over quarter over quarter? Um, and that's what I think is a real profitable business. You know, the things that I think about in that profitable business is a lot of times you have to know your numbers in order to get here. It's, it's, it's one of those things that most people don't spend enough. They spend a lot of time learning the operations. And then the next thing that you brought up is sales and they learn sales, but it's kind of like, you know, John Maxwell says we need to expand our lid and that as a business entrepreneur, where we expand our lid is in our marketing process up front and in our finance process in the back and how we can really understand um, how money really works and how you can save sometimes tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars by structuring your money properly and by having cash of your own in the game instead of having to borrow everything that you do. 
Um, so, you know, really understanding your numbers, um, you know, and, and, you know, and making sure those loans are paid off. I think I love the book Scrum as well in this profitable stage where you're doing more with less. Like you become so efficient that now like you can do the same, you know, with three people that you used to be able to do in that endurance perseverance stage with six. You know, you've learned those lessons um, and you've learned that, you know, sometimes you can squeeze way more out of something that you ever did before because you kind of just settled before. This is when you're not splitting the difference. Um, this is when, you know, you have those refined, you don't just have processes. Processes is the last stage. You know, having business meetings, having, you know, meeting pulse is in that endurance phase. That's when you really need to be putting those things in your business. You Now you've already done these and now you've leaned back. Um, and you can do more with less, you know your numbers, you have refined and you've improved your processes and you're starting to put automation where things start to happen automatically. They kind of have that momentum going and that's what profit is. And you know, there's some business at this point, you have to make another decision. You know, do I want to go all in and do I want to go big? Do I want to scale or do I just want to be a profitable, efficient business? There's some people you will never, ever be successful with a hundred person business, but you can be really successful with a five person business. Um, and, and um, you know, you have to make that decision for yourself. I can't make that decision for me. I'm on the other side. I'm the scale. I, I'm not like a scale as some of the people I know. And, you know, one of the gentlemen in my mastermind, Eddie Wilson, you know, he's all about scale. He wants to get to scale as fast as he possibly can. Um, and I get it. And I, and I think it's great for me. Some of my businesses are about scale and some of my businesses aren't, I, but I want them all to be profitable. Um, that next stage, stage number six is scale. You have to make that determination. And normally this is almost like another startup phase in your business. Normally when you get to scale, it requires another investment. This is when like, you know, VC capital normally will come into a business. Um, this is when the smart VC capital, smart, you know, like dumb VC capital starts in startup. Um, and yes, maybe they can make more money. I get it. But for me, like if I'm investing my money, I want to invest my money with somebody that's proven proof of concept. They can be profitable. You know, they've already gotten through some of that other, you know, start of that startup part of business. This is where, you know, leadership team is very important. Um, this is where it takes another time, another time of investment and another amount of money a lot of times. And this is when marketing process is very important. This is when you need to know your numbers so well in marketing that you know exactly how much money you're going to spend and you're going to be able to get the exact result that you know you're going to get because you've done this enough and you're smart enough in that front end process. And this is kind of really where I think we, this is what stewardship really is. You know, going back to that first commandment, be fruitful fruitful and multiply, you know, I think stewardship is what business owners in the United States are called to be. We are called to be good stewards. And the best, the best way Jesus um, talked about stewardship when he was here was the five talents, right? The five talents, you know, what did the guy do with five talents? He doubled them. That had to have taken risk. It had to have taken time. It had to have taken process. It had to have taken a, a, a knowledge, an idea. Um, and and a, a lot of us, we just think that we're here so we can live a life, so we can make some money, so we can retire, and we can all be about us. And if you think about it, the guy he had the one talent, that's exactly what he did. He took what he was given and he, 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 he protected it. You know, I think we think stewardship is protecting what we have. And according to the Bible, what Jesus said to that servant that only had the one that even had the, he had the, 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 the talent. He said, I know I was fearful of you and I didn't want to waste it. And, and I even have it to give back to you. I saved it. And I was I protected, I buried it in a ground. And just so you know, during those times, that's what people did. 
they buried things in the ground because they wanted to save it. A lot of times they were buried, you know, when Babylon, for instance, came and took over the Israelites, a lot of treasure was buried during that time because they didn't want the Babylonians to actually find their treasure. So he did it as a form of protection. And I think a lot of us focus so much on protection. And to me, I look at that like a bucket. You know, we can either choose to be a conduit or we can choose to be a bucket. Um, and that's what I think that, that for me, I was called to be, I was called to do something big and to help many people. And that's, and, and to me, it's about being fruitful. It's about multiplying. And it's really at this stage, if you go back to um, God and how he created the heaven and earth, this is when he created humans. This is, this is really when we start, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us read traction and we're in startup phase of our business and we believe we have to start with an integrator. One of the biggest mistakes I've ever, I've ever seen people, and I've seen so many businesses go out of business or like are no longer in business because they spent all this money on this leadership team in the startup phase when they really needed to wait. They didn't have the money to, to, to pay those people at this point. Um, this is when, you know, God created Adam and God said, you're going to be my steward. And this is when we have to start training those. We don't, we don't just train our people. This is when we trade our leaders. And this is when we're starting to prepare them to pass on that torch. And that seventh step is legacy. That seventh step is, you know, sending, you know, selling your business. You know, I love selling, you know, scaling up a business to be able to sell it. I love um, being able to pass it on to the next generation, maybe your kids, or maybe it's employee um, purchased um, business. You know, maybe you can, you know, pass it on to your employees and your employees and whatever it is, whatever that legacy piece looks like for you. That's when, you know, God rested. Uh, and, and, and I, I don't believe in retirement because I believe that God created us to do this and then to do it all over again and figure out what that next phase of our life can be. You know, money's just money, you know, money's just a tool. And if, if you came to my house, you know, I would never bring you to my garage and show you all the shovels I have. And I, I would not be so proud of those shovels. Hey, look, I got these shovels. I mean, think about it. Big, big, bad me. I've got these shovels. Who cares? That's exactly what money is. And that's what God created money for us. He didn't create it to be worshiped. You can either, you can either worship mammon or you can worship God. That's it. There's no, there's no in between. Um, the, you know, that's it. Uh, but money is a tool and we can get money and money is a great tool to be able to be used. Like I said, back at the beginning of this whole thing to be used of God in the way that he created you to be able to be raised. So I challenge you to find out what that purpose is you know, come up with an idea, go through the hobby phase, start up a business, go through pre-profit, endurage, per perseverance, make it profitable, make it as super profitable as you possibly can. But don't you take those profits and then just squander them and waste them on the big house on the hill with a pocket full of hundred dollar bills, the Lamborghinis, the, 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 the trips around the world, which I, I'm all for some of those things. I think that we should enjoy, we should live a blessed life and the unsaved and the unlearned um, of God should be able to look at us and say, Hey, they have something different about them. I want to be like them, but they also ought to know that, Hey, we're willing to reach in our pocket and say, Hey, I see a missionary that's having a really hard time this year with COVID. I, you know, I have lots of missionary friends around the world. You know, there's, there, there's, there was, there was people in Peru for a month that barely had any food. 
There's people um, in Laos, for instance, who gets 60% of their produce for their entire country um, from the country next to them. And when borders are closed, like the people are literally starving to death. I couldn't even help them with money. If I wanted to send them money, I couldn't, but at least I mm -hmm. knew I could pray for them and I could encourage them. Um, and, and I could maybe give them some wisdom about how to maybe grow, you know, plants quickly that will grow quickly. It'll give you some kind of substance to be able to make it happen. You know, there's a, there's a dying world out there that is so desperately in need of a savior. And it's our job to be able to show Christ through us. We are meant to be a conduit. We are not meant to live this life, to retire, to have a, a bunch of fun and then, and then leave. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm so passionate about that, that like, I just want to get that message out. And I appreciate you uh, bearing with me and letting me kind of uh, get that out today. Dude, I love, I mean, that's why I didn't say much because I was like, I, I really want our audience to hear these seven levels and your passion. And I just, I mean, what like felt, you know, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this myself just because I'm like, there's so much there. I'm like, man, okay, I see what phase I'm at. How do we really get there? So this is my last question. And I know we just got a minute or two. So let's be quick about this. Further resources that you've mentioned, the E-Myth, the book Scrum, maybe something you've written that people can go and, you know, be able to really sit with this and go through this even more? Well, absolutely. I have written um, three books. I'm in the middle right now of writing a business operating system for Christian entrepreneurs because, again, I've seen all of the what the world has to offer and it, it really promotes like, let's get up in the front of the room, put my chest, tell everybody how many deals I made and what Lamborghini I drive. Like who the, who, who cares? Like nobody freaking cares. What people care about is the, what impact you really left on their life. Um, how did you encourage them? Did you come with love? Did you help them? Did you teach them? You know, what are, what are you investing in other people? So I've, I've um, obviously I, I came from contracting and I'm an investor and guess what? Every investor has problems with contractors. So I wrote investors versus contractors. I've been on both sides of this. I'm on both sides of this now. I think there's some wisdom in there. I wrote this book, Active Turnkey, the best way to buy rentals. And then really probably the hardest, the hardest word, I'm, I think I'm going to rebrand this actually because I've gotten tons of feedback from the people who have read this and try to go through this. So I've done the 30 days to good success. It's about a 160 page workbook. Um, and I will tell you, if you will get through this, I'll be willing to do an eight hour, I'll do eight hours of coaching for you for free. If you'll actually do this, if you'll wow. get through this entire book, I'd be willing to do those uh, obviously virtual. I'm not going to come to you and, and do that. I do have programs for that with consulting, but, but, but this you know, my friends, I almost make fun of me now because they say it's the hardest book that they've ever had to get through. <laughs> um, so like, if you really, this, and this is more on the personal side, a lot of the stuff I'm going to teach in the business operating system is going to be in here, but this is more about you and your life and your personal budget and your personal mission on this earth. And then, you know, even, it even gets into some, you know, emotional um, things about like, Hey, who in your life has really wronged you and you need to let go of that, who, you know, mm. you, and there's, Every person in this world, you know, that probably just stung, a, you know, a, a, a point in every single person that's listening to this right now. Um, so there's some, there's, it's really just 30 questions that you need to answer. Some of them take a lot more time, like creating your own budget, creating your own financial freedom plan is, is a whole day in there. Um, and, and, and I kind of go through the steps of how to create a financial freedom plan for yourself. There's a lot in there that could probably create 30 books. Every single chapter is probably it's or every single day is probably a, its own chapter. Um, and then honestly, if you're interested in something that I can do for you, I'll just give you my email address. That's tolson at goodsuccess.com. That's T-O-L-S-O-N 
at goodsuccess.com. And if you are interested in some kind of um, consulting, I go out and I, and um, I, I for, for two days, I help you create vision for your business. And then after that, we actually set up tools where you can actually create a meeting pulse and, and, and we set up scorecards for your business. And, um, and we set up, you know, create, we create an accountability chart for your business. And, you know, and, and I really do offer that at, you know, from, from a level of, I really want to help the Christian entrepreneur um, have more to give more. So if you're that, I mean, that's who I'm looking to help. Just so you guys know, if you're looking to just have more freedom and sit on the beach, like, honestly, it doesn't really excite me. What excites me, what excites me is getting the gospel around the world. And if you're a real kingdom entrepreneur, that's who I believe you are. And that's who I'm looking to help. So if that's the type of person you are that you really do want to be able to give more to missionaries and you really want to be able to go maybe spend time and do these missions trips and um, seeing these people and like, you know, it's just amazing. You go to Mexico for a week and I'm sorry, I've kind of probably gone really long on time for you, but like I've been to many different missionary trips and at the end, like these people that have nothing are giving you something and because they so much appreciate the time that you spent with them. And like, if that will to put things into perspective for you, it, you know, nothing will, yeah, but um, you know, we, we should always be giving, we should always be thinking about like, how are we gaining so we can give, how can we be the conduit? Uh, that's what God created everybody to be. So if you guys are interested in some kind of consulting for that as well, for your business, I'd love to be able to help you. I do those about two or three times a week. I mean, two or three, two, three times a month now. Um, and obviously my schedule is getting, uh, you know, booked up for that, but you know, and it's not a cheap process. You know, if you have an EOS implementer go out, they're going to charge you $30,000. I'm nowhere near that. I try to keep the price as affordable as I possibly can um, because I really do want to help the Christian entrepreneur. And I want to be able to have as many people that really have that real true focus of getting the gospel around the world. And I want to, you know, help those people um, make that happen. T Olson at goodsuccess.com. Where do they go to get the books? Um, honestly, you can, they're all on Amazon, but you can also get those at goodsuccess.com, our website. And, you know, I don't really want to promote my stuff that much. I really wanted to just invest in your community, but yeah, I mean, goodsuccess.com is, is our website. You can find out more man, about you our, came our, and brought the value, man. We got to let people know where they go. Goodsuccess.com. <laughs> goodsuccess.com. Um, and you know, everything is there. Um, but you can go to the goodsuccessmastermind.com if you really want to, but you're going to go to the same website. Um, we also have the good success podcast in which we have, uh, about 230 episodes, I believe now on there. And, um, we, we have a new one that comes out every week. Most of those are kind of real estate related. Um, but I, I try to pull things back to like, at the, you know, all real successful principles that really work for a long time come from the Bible. Uh, and, you know, you, you, that's, it's, it, and I, I don't have to be something great. You don't have to be something great if you're listening to those because you know what the truth is. You know it will work. Um, and that's why I think the number one business book in the world is the Bible. Always read Proverbs every day, read the Bible every day and pray and ask him, you know, say, God, you're the CEO of my business. Um, whenever you help me to talk to the people, to say the things that you would say, if you stepped into my shoes today, give me the opportunities. You're my partner. And God want God, you know, God doesn't want you to work for him. God does not want you to work for him. God wants to work your business with you. Tom, this is so much fun, man. Let me just pray for us before we end, just cause golly, we, we opened up with just the the message man and let me just end this with prayer today god we're so grateful for this time thank you for time thank you for his energy his passion his vision to serve you by really raising up kingdom mind entrepreneurs 
investors. And I pray that towards that end of your kingdom come, your will be done for the name and glory of Christ to be made much of all across the world, God, that uh, you would continue to do that through him, through his ministry and his work. And uh, that this message even might light a fire upon our audience to say, yeah, I see why I, I work so hard or why, um, why this matters. It's not just about putting more dollars in our pockets, but really getting your message out there. So equip, sustain, energize us today to go and work for you. Pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Thank you. Uh, this was great, man. I'm going to end the recording and say bye all at the same time because uh, uh, you got to jump off. But I really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks so much. Awesome.